Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. Except for one thing in that song that God pointed out to me today after I sent it to Rasan is says people get ready. Jesus says be ready. He didn't say get ready. He says be ready. We need to be ready. We need to be ready because Jesus is coming back. And Rasan had um, reached out to me yesterday morning and asked me if I could speak tonight. I was like praise God, yes. <laughs> but what I thought I was going to be speaking on or what I wanted to speak on was is your love keeping you hot for Jesus. <laughs> but God put on my heart something that I wanted to preach a few months ago, but he didn't allow me to, which is the second coming of Christ, that Jesus is coming back. And um, if you'll turn to Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, and I'm coming out of the NASB. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came up to the Ancient of Days, and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom, that all the peoples, nations, and men's of every language, men of every language, might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That... You know, the second coming in the Bible, the second coming versus the first coming, the times that it's mentioned, it's about eight to one. It's like eight to one, they, the Bible mentions the second coming versus the first coming of the Lord. There's 845 biblical references to the second coming. I had to, I had to study this. This morning, I was like, God put on my heart to speak on the second coming, and I wanted to be correct, so I, I did a little research. But there's 845 biblical references to the second coming. There's second, 17 books in the Old Testament refer to the second coming, and 23 of the 27 books in the New Testament speak of the second coming. Seven out of ten chapters in one of every 30 verses in the New Testament speak about the second coming of Christ. I thought that was pretty amazing. That, that, that's, that it's a pretty important thing. It's a pretty important thing. But, and, that, and I'm going to pray real quick. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. These are the verses that you've given me, Lord. You, you showed me there are 845 references, Lord. But if we, if we spoke on that, we could speak on that for years, Lord. 
we, we, we could go through your word for years and you could tell us of your second coming and that you are coming soon, Lord God. And let us never forget that and keep it in our in the forefront of our mind, Lord God, and keep it in, in, in our hearts, Lord God, that you are coming soon, Lord. You're not slack, Lord God. It's just your time. You're not limited by time as we are, Lord God. And when you come and receive us home, we'll no longer be limited by time. And Father God, just give us exactly what you want us to get tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. But, so we're going to turn to Matthew. No, no, no. We're going to start in John. Let me, let me start in John. That's John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Verses 1, 2, and 3. And the Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us, if we're his children, if we're his followers. He's gone to prepare a place for us, and he said that he's coming back for us. Why would he go to prepare a place for us if he's not coming back? But I know that one thing, I've, I've talked to people who are not in the church, who are not saved, who don't want to have anything to do with Jesus, and you tell them that Jesus is coming soon, and, and, and it could go in different directions, the conversation. But I believe that every word of God is pure, and I believe that if Jesus said he's coming back, he's coming back. And we we can't forget that, but it it and if he's coming soon, he is coming soon. In John fifteen, I'm going to go to verse twenty six and read verse twenty six and twenty seven, and then we're going to go to John sixteen verse seven. When the Helper comes, whom I will send you, <clears throat> when, the, when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will, he will bear witness of me, and you, and you will bear witness also, because you have been with me from the beginning. Let's go to John 16, starting at verse 7. It says, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, and concerning righteousness because I, have to, because I go to the Father and you no longer behold me, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, 
but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me, he shall take of mine, and shall disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. But he's sending the Holy Spirit so we can be ready. Because without the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us, there's no way in our flesh that we can be ready. If we surrender to Christ and, and, and we, we believe, we commit and surrender our lives to Christ, He sends the Holy Spirit to help us, to lead us, to guide us into all truth. And Jesus Christ is the truth. He says in John 14 that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So we've got what we need to be ready for his second coming. We've got the Holy Spirit. If we're his children, if we've surrendered, we've received the Holy Spirit. And we dig into his word and we, in, 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 I believe in 15 verses 1 through 8, he's the true vine. We have to abide in the vine. We have to abide in the vine. If we don't abide in the vine, we'll be torn off as branches will become dry and be cast into the fire and burn. But if we stay connected to the vine, we're going to stay moist and alive. We're going to have, the, have his blood flowing through us. He's going to lead us and guide us into all truth. Jesus is the vine. He's going to lead us to Jesus. He's going to glorify Jesus in everything that we do. He's going to help us to glorify Jesus in our walk and in our talk and in our thoughts because we're in that relationship. Because if we're in the vine, if we stay connected to the vine, we're going to stay on our knees. We're going to glorify God. We're going to praise Him. We're going to worship Him. We're going to dig into His Word so He can get into us so the Spirit can move that word through us. Teach us to walk His way and not our way. But the time is unknown. So we have to be ready. So we have to stay connected to that vine in the Holy Spirit. If we don't know what to pray, it says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. That keeps us connected. When we go, oh God, I just don't know what, I don't know what I need. Help me. His Spirit, He sends His Spirit. His Spirit intercedes for us and prays for us with utterances we can't understand. But He intercedes and then He goes on further in that same chapter and tells us that Jesus intercedes for us also. Jesus is our intercessor. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. So by law, we're represented not by our own doings, not by anything that we do or say, but it's what Jesus says. Jesus knows our hearts. God knows our hearts. And if he knows that we're his, then Jesus says, no, Father, he's, he's covered in my blood, or she's covered in my blood. Look, Stephen, he stood up for Stephen because Stephen stood up for him. Stephen's being stoned, looks up and sees the glory of God everywhere else in the Bible. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
Stephen saw him standing at the right hand of the Father. And that's just my imagination. He's going, that's my boy. <laughs> look at him. Look at him, Dad. Look at him, Father. Look at him. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's not running from persecution. He was on his knees begging and, and pleading to God to forgive him. Which is the same thing Jesus did on the cross and we're supposed to be followers of Christ. Are we, are we ready? <laughs> are we ready? I was thinking about this today. Am I ready? Could I do that? I mean, you know, I think about it. I'm like, somebody comes up to attack me. I'm like, you know, I don't know if I could go and turn that other cheek. You know, I, I would like to hope that I'm at that point, you know. But, you know, I don't think God wants us to, if I'm walking with my mother and somebody comes at my mother, I'm going to step up because I'm, I'm going to honor my mother. I'm going I'm to protect my children. But as far as if it's me that they're coming at, can I just turn that other cheek and ask God to forgive them? They don't know what they're doing. Am I ready? Am I ready? He says, be ready because the time is unknown. In, in Luke chapter 12, we're going to go to Luke chapter 12 and then we're going to go to Matthew 24. So, but Luke chapter 12, I'm going to read, let me see, I'm going to read starting at verse 35. Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps alight and be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master shall find on the alert when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them. Whether he comes in the second watch or even in the third and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. And be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. You too, be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour which you do not expect. So the time is unknown. The time is unknown. And, and then in Matthew 24, verse 36, the Bible says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. And I've had people ask me, said, But didn't you say Jesus was God? I'm like, yeah, Jesus is God. He's Jesus is the Son of God. He is God and the Holy Spirit. You've got the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, three persons, but one God. One God. And and you know, my father told me when I was probably ten, eleven years old, he said, A man is no better than his word. And we're created in God's image. God the Father speaks his word, and that stands his word represents him. His word represents him. And so if if we're not if we're not privileged to that information, we shouldn't be waiting around for that day 
in, in trying to predict that day. We should not be trying to predict that day. Not even the Son knows, but the Son, Jesus, is the Word of God and hasn't been spoken. When the Father speaks it, Jesus will come forth and He's coming back because it's time. <laughs> it's time. And, and it's a glorious day, but we shouldn't pray for that day because there's so many lost people. There's so many people who haven't surrendered to Christ. And there's so many, I believe, that He's still going to bring home. I believe as the world continues, it's the path that's on. I, I don't think it's going to get better. But I think the church, the true believers are going to get stronger. And I believe the ones who are coming home are going to come home. And, and it, it's, we've, we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. We can't be concerned about the time or the day. We have to live today like it's every day. If Jesus comes back while I'm sitting here preaching, I, I like think this building's going to be empty. <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. You know, I know I'm gone. <laughs> but it, 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 it just, we need to be ready. And, and how can we be ready if, and, and Rasan talks about it quite often, and I know I spoke about it before too, that we got to walk in that love. We got to walk in that love, in the, in the power of His love. And if, if we love Him, we got to love each other because if we can't love a brother who you see, how can you love God? So we've got to love. We've got to love people. We just have to love neighbors. On the way here, I stopped and got a coffee. And there's a um, gentleman in front of me who's kind of a rough-looking dude. And um, I, I leaned up. I said, yo, bro. I said, is that all you're getting is that coffee? He goes, yeah. I said, I got you. He's like going, gives me this look like, <laughs> it's like I don't know what he was thinking. But I'm like going, yeah, man. I said, I got your coffee, brother. God bless you. And he turned around three times and just had this look of amazement on his face. He was like, just like, I can't believe it. I said, man, I said, have a going, man. He was like, going, turn back around. He's going, shaking his head. But it, I don't believe from his reaction that anybody had ever bought him a cup of coffee. I mean, you know, they may have, <laughs> but it... It just blew his mind, but it was God put it on my heart, and I told him that. I said, and and he looked at me. He goes, and then the lady that was the cashier, she lit up, and she was just smiling. Oh, you have have a blessed day. I'm like, oh yeah, God bless you, <laughs> you know. But she kind of lit up. She just saw me buy this guy's coffee, and she was like, it blew her mind. I'm like going, and it's just a simple gesture of 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 love. Because God, God moved me to buy that coffee. I didn't, because I really, you know, I haven't had a very productive um, secular week <laughs> this week. I didn't make any money, in other words. But praise God, God provides. I don't have to worry about what I have, because what I have is God's. If I, if, and I think I spoke about it before. We we got to live. Lose, you know, with our hands wide open, not tight this. We can't hold on to everything we have. We have to let it go because God blessed us so we could bless others. And that's just a little piece of love that I allowed him to use me to move. It's nothing that I had because I didn't have love before God, you know. He loved me first. He loved me so I can love him, so I can love y'all, so I can love people. 
right? And we can't love outside of God. We can lust. We can like things an extremely amount. But we cannot have true love outside of God. And the only way to get that true love is through Jesus Christ. And he loves us so much, he's up preparing a place. Then he's going to come back and take us home, which I think that's a beautiful thing. But in Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, let me see. I think I'm going to start at verse 9. It says, Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them to come and bow down at your feet and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of testing. That hour which is about to come upon the whole world, which basically when he says the whole world, the inhabited earth, it's coming upon all people. says, and I will also keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world, to test those who dwell upon the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have in order that no one takes your crown. But I am coming quickly. When he comes, and it tells us in a couple other places in the Bible, he's coming as a thief in the night. He's coming, and nobody, when you don't expect him, he's coming. He's coming, he's coming, whether it's the second watch or the third watch, he's coming. And we've got to be ready. And we've got to be ready. And how can we be ready? How can we be ready if we're not in a relationship with him? We're not communicating with him. We're not praising him. We're not worshiping him. We're not thanking him for everything that we have, for everything he's blessed us with, thanking for waking us up, thanking for his provision, for the roof over his head, thanking for this building that we get to come together in his name, thanking for each other, thanking, I just thank God for all of y'all, I thank God for my mother, I thank God for my sister, even though, you know, at times it's kind of frustrating, but I thank God for them, and I thank God for allowing me to help them. I just I, I thank God, you know, and there, there's some days where I, it gets hard, you know, <laughs> it's like, but I cry out to God, you know, and, and and I'll come in and I'll ask for prayer on Wednesdays, you know, but I, I cry out to God, I don't cry out to them and say, what's wrong with you, you know, I'm like, Father God, please reach down and touch my mother, touch my sister, lift them up, Lord God, clear their minds. But we got we put it in his hands because I've got I put it in his hands because I've got that relationship and and my Bible tells me I can come boldly to the throne of grace I can come boldly to his throne I can come I can I can tell him anything I can ask him anything he already knows what we need before we ask and you know and in most times he answers our prayers before we even ask or as soon as we ask. He answers our prayers. It might not manifest in our life immediately. Like it might not always be like that. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's like it's like praise God. But the times we pray for things and we don't get it for four or five years, we still got to praise God for that answered prayer. We got we got to th- we got to pray with our mind. We got to remember we pray in the spirit, but we pray with our mind. We've got to remember. What we asked four years ago, 
and it came to petition today when it gets frustrating and you're going, you know, but if we ask believing that his, his word's true, he tells us. If we're living according to his will, if we're walking for his good pleasure and not ours, he answers our prayers. He says he answers our prayers. If we're walking obedience to him, he's going to answer our prayers. So when we ask like Daniel, 21 days later, the answer came. And the angel told him, your prayer was answered. Your prayer was heard. When you first started your past or when you first started praying, your answer was, your, your prayer was already answered, but I was held up because it's a spiritual battle. The devil don't want you to receive, but God is going to make, going to make sure you receive because he sent Michael to help that angel so that the angel could come and bless Daniel. And he'll do the same for us, but we got to believe that. I believe that. I believe he's coming to receive us all home. But it's going to be sudden and unexpected. Jesus is coming back and it's going to be sudden and unexpected. Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Starting at verse 36. Actually, I'm going to start at 35 and read through 44. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days which were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, they were marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Then there shall be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, be on the alert for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known what time of night the thief was coming, he would not have been on the alert and would not have, or he would have been on the alert and not allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you be ready too. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour when you think he will not. But praise God, we've got to be ready. Stay on alert. Stay. And how do we stay on alert? The relationship. The Holy Spirit leading guidance and yielding to the Spirit. Not overriding the Spirit with our flesh, but let the Spirit override our flesh and keep us walking forward. Keep us walking uprightly. Keep us walking in love by yielding to the Spirit. And it, but it, 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 if we turn our back and start walking our own way, I believe my word, I, the more I read this word of God, it's not my word, but God's word tells me that I'm going to be lost. I'm going to dry out. I'm not going to be connected to that bind. I'm going to be cast into the fire because I chose when I knowing the truth and turn my back on the truth and walk in my my understanding and leaning on my understanding instead of leaning on God's understanding, God's wisdom, 
then I believe that I'm going to dry out and wither away and be cast into that fire. But if I stay connected to that vine, keep that relationship strong, keep praising God, keep keep casting my burdens upon the Lord so He can sustain me, I believe that He's going to... He's going to come get me. <laughs> That's what I believe. He's going to come get me. And, 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 and we've got to know that. We've got to know it in our hearts. Because in, in Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, verse 4, but I'm going to start at verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. He's coming back for the saints. He's coming back for the saints. Not the sinners, but the saints. The ones who, the ones who keep his commands. The ones that love him. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. We have to endure to the end. We may have to endure hardship because people like to think they're funny in the world when you're out in the crowd or whatever and you have see somebody you haven't seen in a while and they want to yell some nonsense your way and, and you look at them and you go, Jesus loves you and, and keep walking instead of stopping and trying to protect myself. Or trying to take care of myself. I don't have to take care of myself. The Lord fights my battles. The Lord fights my battles. If I fight my battles, I'm going to get beat up. I'm going to get thrown in jail. <laughs> End up in the hospital. But I don't have to fight anymore. I, 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 don't have to, I don't have to defend myself. If I'm walking pleasing to the Lord. And, and it wouldn't be pleasing to the Lord if I holler something nasty back when something is hurled at me, if somebody's throwing tomatoes at me, I love tomatoes. I just got to eat them. We got to eat them and trust God that it's all going to be okay. But if I start throwing tomatoes back, I'm not trusting God. And I'm not enduring to the end. And Jesus says, those that endure to the end shall be saved. That's the ones he's coming back for, the ones who endure, the ones who walk uprightly. He didn't, when they were beating him and whipping him and nailing him to the cross, he wasn't casting insults at the guy with the hammer. He wasn't saying, get off me. He was like, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. And it is the same. And hopefully none of us have to go through that. I mean, my God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But he's coming back as king. He's coming back as king. Revelations. Revelation chapter 20. Revelations chapter 20. Revelations chapter 20, I'm going to start like the end of verse 4. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now actually I'm going to read verse 4. It says, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. 
And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark upon their foreheads and upon their hand. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. For Jesus is coming back as king. He's not king of this world yet, but he's going to come back and he's going to reign as king over this earth. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, but he's coming back as king for a thousand year reign. And he's coming back as the judge of the world. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. And, and this is where I was, I was going to leave it with this. But God put one more thing on my heart after this. But it says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right hand, and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves also were answered, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and not take care of you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous unto eternal life. But he's coming back with his angels. He's going to separate the believers and the non-believers and the believers and the people who say that they're Jews but are not who say that they're Christ but they're not and they they give a lot of lip service about how good God is but 
What's he say here? It says, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Or either, when I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. Or we, I think that was a test with that little coffee for me today on the way here to see if I was going to allow him to lead me in his love or to go, I ain't buying his coffee. You know, if, if I was in the flesh, you know, it would be like going, getting that guy's coffee. You know, I never would have bought I never spent a dime on anybody I didn't know until after I got saved. To after I asked Jesus to lead my life, to let His Holy Spirit guide me, and He's He puts on my heart to reach out to people. He puts on my heart to go see people. I, I visited people when He's put on my heart to go visit people in the hospital or people in the. And but we've got a, His His Spirit is living inside of us to lead us into all truth. He's going to lead us in the footsteps of Jesus. Jesus went. He saw. He stopped. Touch the sick, talk to the sick. You know, he he loved people, he had compassion. We've got to walk in love and compassion everywhere we go. We can't, we can't not do it because to know to do good and not to do it is a sin. And 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 those are the ones that are going to be cast away. The people who don't show that compassion and that love for men, because. We say it all the time because it's in God's word that how can you love your bro- how can you love a God that you can't see if you don't love your brothers if you don't love who's your brothers everybody's a potential brother we're all we all came off that same boat after Noah we talked, read about Noah a few minutes ago that every single one of us every there's eight blood types to this day there are eight people on that ark. And we all came off that ark. So we're all brothers and sisters. It's whether we're brothers and sisters in Christ or not. And if we're in Christ, he's coming for us. But if we're in ourselves and full of ourselves instead of full of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be cast away. But let's turn to 1 John chapter 2. And I'm going to end it with this. First John chapter two and I'm going to start at verse twenty seven and read through twenty nine. As for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you, and you have no no need for anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it is taught you, you abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone also who practices righteousness is born of him. He says in verse 28, Now little children, abide in him, so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. We can be confident if we're his. 
and we know we're his but the world knows we're his by the love we have for each other that's what the word says but if we know we love him we're in a relationship we're seeking him for our answers we're coming together with brothers and sisters if we get another opinion outside of God's opinion we may get a brother or sister in Christ's opinion to help us unfold God's word God will use men and women to reveal himself to us his men and women not, not men and women of the world but if we're coming together in, the, in, in a Bible study like we do on Wednesdays and we speak and you know we can talk to each other openly about God and, and if, if one of us is a little bit off we can help clear it up with God's word but his Holy Spirit and his word and his people We've got to be around. We've got to be involved in each other. We've got to come together, forsake not the gathering of the brethren, especially as the day approaches. We have to come together, love each other, encourage each other, build each other up, and, 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 and see a need and fill it and have compassion on people. We just have to have compassion on people. And this is what God put on my heart that the world needs a savior, not a solution. He needs a savior, not a solution. So we know Jesus is coming back soon. We need to share his love. We need to share his love and that gesture. Maybe the guy I bought that coffee for and just told him, God bless you. God, I believe, has somebody lined up for him and I'm gonna be praying that God will put somebody in his path to water that little bit of a seed or that seed and I know God will but whether the guy receives it or not I have no clue that, that's on God that's the Holy Spirit gives him the faith to believe but if he wants to be hard-headed like I was I was hard-headed for a long time and I rejected and, and pushed it away I was I was somebody at five different times in my life shared the gospel of Christ with me and I wasn't real nice to most of them and and then but it's God's perfect time it's God's will he knew before the beginning of time when I would surrender but he allowed me to walk and break myself so he could put me back together when I cried out and we just have to just walk in that compassion but I've got a definition for a solution I had to look it up the act or process of solving a problem Savior is one who saves Jesus saves and will receive our full salvation when he comes back praise God that's what I got. <laughs>